0: Hi, and thanks for tuning in to my adventures at home brewing. I'm Dan Matthews, and come along with me as we talk about things for new home brewers, from gadgets to how we got started, to I don't know all the mistakes we make along the way. So come along for the ride and have a beer or two along the way. for that yeast that can help you attain the best beer possible that you're looking for escarpment laboratories escarpment laboratories are located in guelph ontario and make some of the finest yeasts in canada if you want to make the beer that you want and have consistent results all the time you need to check out escarpment laboratories Brew donkey tours are back we closed our doors for the health of our community, but now with new safety protocols, we're getting ready to open the barn doors. Starting July 24th, the donkey rides again. Every ticket includes ample samples, behind the scenes tours, and a healthy dose of learning. Support local breweries and tourism with a brewery tour by bus. Get your tickets before they sell out at brewdonkey.ca. Brewdonkey. Brew tours that kick ass. Hey everybody, thanks again for tuning in to my Adventures at Home Brewing. Today I'm very fortunate to have, actually, my bosses with me to, on this episode. So I have Justin McNeil and Mark Plant, the owners of Stray Dog Brewing Company here in Orleans, Ontario. In my opinion, the best brewery that's out there right now. And uh, yeah, how's it going, boys? Pretty good. for you?
1: Yeah, yeah nice. thanks for having us, Dan.
0: Oh, thanks for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. So... I'll let you guys decide who wants to go first and tell us a little bit about yourselves.
1: Well, I'll let uh, age before beauty. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was coming. Oh man. <laughs> I have nothing. I
2: have nothing. Uh, yeah. All. Um, yeah. Mark Plant. born and raised in Ottawa, living in Orleans pretty much all my life. Uh, big fan of beer and beards. Um, and, Yeah, just uh, getting to do what I love to do every single day with uh, one of my best friends and some really awesome uh, staff and incredible people uh, in our community. Uh, Yeah, you know, it still humbles me to this day that uh, we get to do what we love to do. So even in these trying times, uh, Mm. we're very, very fortunate. Yeah.
1: Justin? Yeah, Yeah, so my name is Justin McNeil. I'm... uh, the other co-owner of Stray Dog Brewing Company. Uh, love beer, love the whole process. It's one of those things that uh, started home brewing, I don't know, probably eight or nine years ago now. And uh, it was definitely a fun hobby. One of those things, there's a lot of creativity that you can use with it. I mean, there's, there's guidelines for specific styles, but there's nothing saying that you have to follow those. So you can always, I mean, you can use anything you want. And uh, it's a great community too. Mark and I actually met through home brewing, and uh, look at us today. There Nothing you go. To brag about, but Rich and famous. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, putting up a brewery was something that we were both very passionate about and dreamed about, and uh, we get to do that every day. So, uh, cheers to home brewing! Ooh, I'll raise a cup of tea because I've had my beer. For the,
2: for, for the evening. I wasn't going to drink tonight. This is the funny thing, because yesterday I was feeling a little uh, a little cloudy. And so I told Lisa, I said, yeah, today, Sunday, not drinking. I went down to Petrie Island, and I had my first margarita. Saw so, that. <laughs> uh, yep. And then we ended up going and just having margaritas all night and getting into the beers and other stuff. So, And then I said, today, not drinking today. Well, here we are
0: yeah it's not working out so well is
2: it that's it's hard to find a day not to drink (laughs)
0: there you go so why did you guys get into uh brewing at at home when you guys first started out i mean it's it's not necessarily something that everyone is chomping at the bit to do it's it's a select few of us that actually take on this this adventure I call it an adventure because it, there's a lot of steps to it to actually get you where you're going. So how'd you guys get into it?
2: Well, for me, it was, um, it was by, it was just, it was kind of by luck in a way, uh, an opportunity. So I've always, I've always loved beer and I've always loved craft beer and trying different types and, and just always fascinated by the process of how beer was made. And, um, so my son was actually playing baseball uh, on a team, and one of the assistant coaches, Andy Lalonde, who uh, I always I always say that he's um, I'm the Jesse Pinkman to his Walter White in this situation, because uh, he he showed me and taught me how to make beer. Uh, I I developed and I um, built my homebrew system based on his. But um, yeah, when I when I went to the year end party uh he had a keg of his beer it was like an amarello cream ale or something like that it was one of the best beers not just homebrew but craft beers i've ever had at that time it was incredible and i mean before that you know my uncle would make he would make beer but he would go to like you know one of those like brew your own places where you just drop the yeast and it just came in you know those plastic quart jugs whatever and it just tasted like ass um so when I was when I had Andy's beer and I'm like dude I'd love to know how you make beer and uh he's like oh yeah sure come on by uh, I'm brewing every Friday um because he was kind of building up his his inventory for the winter time uh, cuz he didn't brew in his garage in the winter so I'm like yeah perfect so I went there and I was envisioning like these guys with like long beards and hats and looking like wizards and going around a <laughs> cold like we're making beer you know <laughs> And uh, yeah, not the case at all. It was, it was really cool and, and, uh, and I couldn't believe that somebody could take a bunch of like kegels and ingredients and brew in their garage and make this, this end result that was probably better than anything I tasted on the shelves at that time. And when I realized that, holy crap, there's an opportunity that, that I can do that myself, I was all in. So, so I dove right in as a hobby. And, uh, and I just kept progressing and getting better and learning more and teaching myself more. And then, you know, finding that there's a larger community out there that have the exact same interest and love and passion as I do. And, and so, you know, that's kind of how I got into it. And again, like Justin said, that's how we met. Um, mm-hmm. So if I had never, there's all these different things, but if I ever never met Andy and I never learned how to brew and I was never part of uh, the East End, uh, the dweebs. Who knows if Stray Dog probably never would have existed, right?
0: Yeah,
1: it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny how all this stuff works out. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I know I started just because uh, I have one brother who lives in Halifax, another brother that lives in Calgary. They're both on Facebook, and I saw that each one of them took a picture of a carboy with a fermenting beer, and I was like, you know i thought it looked really cool i always wanted to try that and um kind of got to the stage now too where a lot of the hobbies that i used to like when i was a little bit younger i couldn't quite do as much anymore i was a big skateboarder but the body's falling apart you know i used to play some sports my knees are terrible now as well and i was like it's like it's going to be alcohol so uh, <laughs> going to my uh my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife saying Honey, wouldn't it be fun to make our own beer? She said, "Yeah." So uh, for the next week, I showed up at her door because we weren't living together at the time. But I took <sighs> to her door with a carboy under each arm, ring the doorbell. And she answers, and she's like, uh, "What's this?" And I was like, "Remember, we're making beer." So, uh, <laughs> anyway, Nice. I was living downtown. I didn't have the space to do that kind of thing, just like this little hole-in-the-wall apartment. But she had she had a house, you know, with a basement where I could ferment. The batch I made was extract that I did in the kitchen. Of course, the whole place kind of, uh, if you're not familiar with the smell, you might think it's not a pleasant one, yeah. but uh, anyway, so made a batch there and the first time you watch a beer ferment and it's because of something you did, it's awesome just to watch it going, you pull little samples, just like holy crap i'm making beer you know and from from there i think either you decide to throw in the towel after you bottle your first batch because everything's too much of a pain in the ass or you immediately start thinking about what you want to do next and what you do differently Mm. And, and from there if you've been bitten it just snowballs until uh you know Maybe you've got a bunch of kegs in your garage. Maybe you try to start up a brewery. Who knows? Yeah, I
0: don't think I'm quite there ready to uh, open a brewery like you guys did because I got a few more years to of brewing I need to, I guess, underneath my belt to actually get that point. But um, <clears throat> I do know for myself that when I'm – I'm going through the process, everything's fermenting and yes, it's pretty cool watching all the active yeast inside the uh, your vessels when they're fermenting, if you can see through them. It's really, really cool. But I guess I had to learn the hard way uh, when I had my first beer. You guys were very kind when my first beer saying it was good. When In the end, after I got it judged, it kind of, well, uh, it shit the bed. You guys were kind.
1: <laughs>
0: you guys were I, that? The, the bass clone. That very I first. actually
1: thought that so that's the thing, like, I thought that actually was a pretty tasty beer. I think that uh, if you're being judged against the guidelines of the BJCP, you know, things have got to be within a certain bitterness mm. or dryness, carbonation, clarity, all those different things. But even if it doesn't score high, according to guidelines, it doesn't mean it's not a good beer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I see what you're getting at and I, I guess I, I'm a little hard on myself when it comes to certain things because I get frustrated easily when things don't go the right way when I'm at home, when I'm brewing, because I'm like, I should have seen that. I should have seen that. What should new home brewers really consider when they're first starting out?
1: Well, I think the, the biggest thing as far as process goes is just how clean everything has got to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if if the the vessel that you're going to be fermenting in isn't completely clean, you're just setting yourself up for a hard time where, I mean, you know, a beer can take anywhere from a week and a half to three months to make. And if you kind of cut corners in other, any little places, you've just wasted a lot of time. You know, um, as far as equipment goes, you know, you can make beer with super crappy hand-me-down stuff. You can make your own stuff. You can buy it. Whatever works in your budget and whatever will fit in your space, you know, and uh, people that are using coolers can make beer that's just as good as someone who's got a conical and,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, their own glycol system. Right. Yeah. No, 100% cleanliness is
2: number one. I think the other thing, too, is if you plan on doing it more than once, take notes you know all the way through um all the way from like different types of ingredients temperature from you know when you mash in to your boil how long uh your fermentation temperatures um you know your hop rates all that kind of stuff whether using software or handwritten notes because that's the more you do it the more you learn from your mistakes and you'll find out as you detail your kind of Brewing journey where you went wrong and where you can improve and what went, right? So, um, yeah, that kind of attention to detail if you want to improve if you don't if you just want to kind of Throw caution through the wind every single time. You don't really care Um, you know,
1: that's one way of doing it, but you're not going to be happy with consistent results Okay, yeah, and and maybe not trying to start too aggressively As far as like advanced recipes go, you know, these uh yep. single malt single hop you know, uh, maybe with a yeast that can be pretty forgiving, that can ferment at a, a big range. Where if it gets a little cool, the yeast is fine. If it goes a little a little warmer, it's fine too. Um, stuff like uh, USO five, like a dry yeast. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that stuff kind of sets you off on a good path, so that you can start learning about what fermentation is like, what. You know, even if your temperatures go a little bit up and down, it won't have a huge impact on the in the final beer.
0: Right. I mean, I'm it, I'm spoiled being able to work at the brewery, <clears throat> excuse me, and have access to you guys and pick your brains when it comes to uh, to making beer. And I feel very fortunate because I think it would have been a very huge uh, learning curve for me getting back into it and going straight to all grain and going, what the hell or what the fuck am I thinking? Uh, it's, it's this is a beast I wasn't ready for. So I'm thinking I'm very fortunate. Um, one thing I have learned for myself though is, is, is that um, in the in the end process, when it comes to actually transferring into the fermenters and all, and we, you touched a little bit on the dry yeast part. I personally like using now, it seems to be the liquid yeast, because I find that's the easiest thing to do. You just slap the pack, leave it on your kitchen table inside, let it warm up. And when it's time to pitch it, everything's cooled. It's ready to go. I mean, as a home brewer, would you, would you say it's easier to use the dry yeast? I mean, yeah, I know it's, you just open and dump it in. Or is it better to use the liquid yeast?
1: Well, it really depends on what you want to achieve because there's certain liquid yeasts that, uh, like there's a lot bigger variety of yeasts that are available and liquid yeasts. I mean, uh, one of my favorite ones was the uh, Fuller's 1968 uh, ESB yeast. And um, that's something that I couldn't get like a dry enough. of. Uh, there's certain esters that are going to be produced for making a specific style of beer. You know, uh, I mean, for dry yeast, you could use something like SO4, but it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, the thing with liquid yeast is if you are making a higher gravity beer chances are you're probably going to have to make starter with it and that can scare some people off in the beginning Mm -hmm. whereas if you just have powder yeast all you do is just add a second pack you know i mean you can do the same thing with with liquid yeast but it's quite a bit more expensive than dry yeast too and the shelf life isn't quite as good so uh, i mean yeah. i would say one is better than the other it just really depends on what you're trying to make okay yeah, yeah i remember a couple of times
2: too with those smack packs that i had um i'd smack it and then i'd wait 24 hours and it wouldn't swell up and then i wait 48 hours and it wouldn't swell up i'm like did i smack it properly did it activate is it just a dud pack um I always had more success with dry yeast.
0: Okay. All right. So we've touched a little bit on kind of what we should look consider when we're starting out. Obviously what we should consider for like dry or liquid yeast, I guess it's all personal preference when it comes to that. Good good start with, a, say, a smash beer, because then you get to see what the actual base malt tastes like, what the hop beer in its shoes is going to, a taste like bitter and smell like once it's all done, but and also huge topic which is sanitation, which I talked about with a, another guest Coulter uh, Wilson from home brewing DIY. But what are some like in your experiences as pro brewers and as and also former home brewers? What are some of the key things that home brewers should not do? Uh, I mean, I know. I know for me, it's trying to find a recipe that you really want to, you really enjoy, but you look at it you're like, I'm not quite ready, really there yet to tackle this thing. Like advanced recipes I know are are no-go, but what are some things that you learned along the way that when you were first starting out, brewers should not do?
1: Well, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> uh, I guess it's a loaded yeah.
0: question, huh? Okay.
1: It's, You know, I think it is. I think it is just starting off simple enough, you know, don't try to do a decoction mash your third time brewing. You know, if you don't have something where you can if you want to make a lager, you know, there's some very forgiving lager yeast strains, but you know, if you can only ferment it at room temperature instead of, you know, something warmer uh or sorry, cooler, you know, I'd maybe hold off on that until you have the means. But I'd say also you know, don't go around, don't blow all your cash at once on, uh, on gadgets, you know, like there's, there's some things they're going to be essential, but, uh, homebrewing can be expensive or it can be somewhat cheap, you know, and I know that some people take it up and then they, they take up homebrewing and then they end up maybe quitting like, uh, few months later and then they've got all this equipment they spent all this cash on you know and uh and then it just goes on Kijiji which I'm sure other homebrewers are happy to see because they can get it (laughs) for cheaper
0: yeah I did when I got back into it like my carboy my fermentation bucket and a butt full of bottles I got like for like 70
1: bucks which was a steal for me yeah so I think that, I think just the important thing is, is just reading, doing a lot of homework. Yeah. You know, I mean, before I brewed my first batch, I almost gave up because I ended up reading a lot. I read John Palmer's how to brew. There's a free version online. And there can be a little bit of chemistry sometimes involved, but, uh, it's not that bad, you know, and maybe just, I don't know, the more you learn about it, the more fascinating it becomes the better your process becomes.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, no, I think uh, the best, one of the best resources I had was just asking, asking around other people, you know, um, especially people who have done have been through it before. But one of the cautionary things to always keep in mind is, you know, opinions are like assholes, right? Everybody's got one. And so kind of pick, pick and choose what's right for you. But then when you go ahead and you brew, it's, it's you, it's your own thing. Only, you know, your equipment. So if somebody else had results based on their setup, you're not necessarily always going to get the exact same result as them because maybe they treated their water differently uh, than you. Maybe they added a little bit of extra, who knows, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Temperatures can vary all the time. Um, so yeah, don't, Ask around, like always ask and, and learn from other people, but don't take what other people say as gospel either. Um, yeah, just kind of find the right mix that works for you.
0: Right on. So I, I feel we've covered it quite a bit. And I know I, in the beginning when we were talking offline, I said, I would want you guys to tell me about the brewery. Cause that's, that was your dream in the end as you got, as you were telling everybody is that when you met, you got going, you guys were talking, we got to make the brewery. So how you tell the listeners, the story of the brewery. I know Mark's got a good version of this.
1: I'm sure he does.
0: (laughs) Do I?
2: (laughs) I? Uh, You know, it's been a while since I've done a brew donkey tour, which is where the story always kind of. Yep emanates from and uh, it's been a while this whole pandemic has really kind of made my head head foggy but uh, how did the brewery start? So um, you know what it started really with uh, Justin and I sitting around each other's kitchen tables uh, drinking beer kind of what we're doing now and um, you know just kind of you know shooting the shit and trying different types of beers and and, uh, it's funny because we had similar backgrounds in terms of what we did for a career which is in communications for nonprofit, uh, and we liked our jobs we didn't like love them you know we uh we always wanted we always felt i think that there was something more and the more we would drink and the more we would talk the more the ideas started to flow and the concept of stray dog was kind of born you know we were surrounded in you know we're very lucky here in ottawa where, you know there's so many really great microbreweries, but when we opened up i mean you know we saw like bows and beyond the pale and tooth and nail and uncover bridge and we started seeing other home brewers opening up breweries and stuff and i think justin and i just came to this realization like you know what there's no reason why why we can't um we're just not sure how we're going to start and so you know over time we um we put some ideas down on paper we put together a business plan Uh, we had a third partner that kind of helped you know, kind of bring our thoughts together. And then from there, we just convinced, we convinced strangers to give us money and, and we just plied them with, you know, homebrew basically that we had and said, look, believe in us because we can really make a good go of this. And they did. I mean, there's some people that didn't believe in us, but the ones that did are still there. And, uh, and that was that holy shit moment. Like, man, this this is kind of real. We got incorporated in 19 or 20, 2000 and Jesus Christ. 16. 2016. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: And then, uh, yeah. And then we got the keys. We found a place. Um, yeah. It was only the second place I think we looked at. Eh? The first one uh, was going to be down on Uville actually. And turns out that it wasn't zoned. It was on paper zoned light industrial, but then upon more digging, we found out it was actually not. So, uh, you know, that was a little bit of a downer, but then we hired a a real estate broker and he found us our existing spot, which is 501 Lackhole way in Taylor Creek. And, um, and we walked in, I remember we walked in that day, there was three bays. It was completely empty, 26 foot ceilings clear. And we looked around like, man, this place is huge. And, uh, we saw like the potential that was there. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, signed the lease and then and then shit got real really fast, actually. I know. Yeah.
0: So do you think the brewery's just as big for when the uh, first started?
2: <laughs> well the, <so laughs> the problem the problem was uh you know we had the three bays, we were looking at three bays, and then when we started doing the blueprint stuff and we were working with our contractor. Um, you know, you start looking at your fixed costs right away before you even have any income coming in. And so one of the ways we saved a couple thousand dollars a month right away was just using an eraser and just only taking two bays instead of three. And our accountant took the third one. And, uh, obviously hindsight being what it is, uh, it would have been wonderful to actually just have taken all three, but yeah, yeah, you never know. Right. I mean, you just don't know what the future is going to be. But, uh, yeah, it would sure be nice right now.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, but, uh, and it was frightening too, you know, and we, uh, like we had to go to the bank, we had to take out some crazy loans and then we went to develop Canada, took out some more loans, stuff that, you know, you think to yourself, you know what, unless we do this, we're not actually going to get what we want and we'll be paying those off for a little while. But, uh, I mean, the satisfaction we get every day at the brewery is uh, invaluable. I mean, um, it was funny. The first brew day that Mark and I had there was nuts. I mean, uh, we went from homebrewers brewing anywhere from 5 to 10-gallon batches to 500 gallons. Yeah. Know? And now we've got, uh, we've got a bunch of extra pumps. There's these different valves, temperature probes you know, the grain bills were massive yeah. <laughs> first day. I mean that first day, which was, we brewed, I think we, we brewed a pale ale, which yeah. is actually anytime. And believe it or not, the recipe has barely changed. Wow. It's, uh, almost identical, but um, yeah, that was, I think that brew session was like a 16 hour day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: stuck mash and uh it was like that for the first you know probably the first month and a half or so and uh now the brew day is you know shaved off about nine hours all right <laughs> you know, And keep nine. in mind
2: too back then when we first started we were still working our full-time jobs yeah and so if we weren't <laughs> doing it on a weekend we'd be doing it after work and so Yeah, it was like, you know, 20-hour days sometimes. It was ridiculous. But I still remember, I don't know if it was the first brew day when you added hops or it was the first dry hop on one of the IPAs. And I remember you called out, Justin, you're like, hey, Mark, you want to see what, I think it was like $300 worth of hops looks like. (laughs) And you just dumped this bucket. And yeah, it was like, oh my God, because as you're a home brewer, you know, you're you're measuring out like a couple of ounces here. Yep. That's it, right? And, uh, and we're measuring everything's in pounds. You know, and sometimes it's like hundreds of pounds when you're talking about your grain bill. And with your hops, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You know, it's like 10, 20 pounds, and, and that's just expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the brew days as well. I remember being there on a couple of them and then being like elbow deep in, in spent grain, cleaning out the mash tun. Are coming right into the back when you hear Mark yelling for help because the hoses come off the bottom end of the, <laughs> of the bright tank and there's nothing but co2 coming out the
2: bottom end oh man not only co2 i think there's just a little bit of yeast. thank god that that bright tank wasn't full because that was our 30 barrel bright tank and uh and that's the other thing too is you know it's the whole the whole scalability of everything these things are pretty huge and and there's safety issues as well and so I unclamped the wrong <laughs> clamp. <laughs> yep. Oh man, that was a scary moment. Uh, <laughs> see, that was actually pretty good. So it wasn't a whole
0: lot of cleanup. I remember I was I was cleaning up. I think after it was loud though. Oh yes, it was. It was one of the tanks. I think it was uh, the either the thirty bright tank, or it was one of the fermenters. I was helping with uh, cleaning it out. And all of a sudden there was an air pocket that happened It went straight through the hose. And next thing you know, there was, cause it was the, a blue new tank blueberry all yeah. over the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that.
1: So yeah. yeah. It can get a little messy. Uh... It can, it can. All well, right. Yeah. Go ahead boys. This is, I don't know. It's, it's just funny. Like, I mean, it totally is. I mean, everything that we did, You know, we didn't go to school uh, to be brewers and and any of that kind of stuff. But even if you do that, I mean, there's so many other things that come along with it. I mean, uh, besides the whole business side of it, you know, I mean, you get a brew house and there's no like real, there's not instructions that come along with it. You know, same thing with when we got the the canning line, you know, we bought a (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> canning line from a brewery in alberta three head semi-automated uh yeah canning line that it took us a couple months to get the bugs you know worked out in that thing and uh like i mean now we can run it like our back hand like the back of our yeah. hand so many sensors and so many little things that can go wrong or make things stressful but uh you know we pretty much you go in as a virgin Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> right on. Everything. And, you know, the more you do it, hopefully you get better. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All
0: right. So yeah. we're, we're going to get ready to wrap this up. So I got one last question. Gas or electric?
1: Well, I was, uh, I was mm-hmm. always asked if I had the opportunity to be electric, I would go with that. But, I mean, I even made beer in the garage with gas in the winter, and that's just because you love doing it.
2: Okay. Yeah, same here. I uh, was all propane. I It was, didn't matter how cold or how hot it was outside. Uh, I brewed four seasons in the garage, outside the garage. I mean, electric is sexy, but propane is so handy, man. You can pick it up and bring it anywhere.
0: Good point. All right, boys. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. And just so you know, guys, these guys make some of the best beer. They've made a few award-winning beers, one of them being the Jagged Pilsner, which took gold at one of the Canadian Brewing Awards. Uh, Shagging Wagon. uh, Was Blue to me one of them? Or no, That was um,
2: this one. Uh, This one, Summer Slam. That's it. As well. Okay. Yeah, Summer Slam, double gold. Uh, This one, double bronze. Shagging Wagon was bronze. So, yeah, pretty good stuff. Right
0: on. So, Please check these guys out. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm pretty sure there's a few other social media things out there that I'm forgetting. And they have a fantastic location at 501 local Way out in the east end of Ottawa. Come on by. Uh, once everything is settled with the coronavirus stuff, once it's been eradicated, hopefully things get back to normal. The tap room is going to be opening up. And they do a lot of fantastic live shows. So please have, give them a look. Give them a look. Come on out, buy the beer. If you want delivery, more than likely, you'll see me, Mark, or a couple of the other guys coming by and dropping it off at your front door. Boys, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. And I guess I'll be seeing you guys on Thursday. All right. Happy
1: Canada Day. Later, boys. Peace out. So
0: I'd like to say thank you to Mark and Justin for being on the show today. Stray Dog is one of the coolest breweries out there right now. Uh, They've been named one of Canada's top five best new breweries uh, when they first started out. And, you know, just overall, there's nothing wrong with a place where you can bring your dog and sit down and have a glass of beer. So thanks again to the boys. Greatly appreciate it. And thanks for coming along for the ride and a beer or two along the way. See you on the other side, folks. Thank you.